0: to another episode of The Sunday Sauce. I got to interview a director. Her name is Shona McDonald. She made a crypto documentary called Dead Man's Switch. It's going to be out on Discovery Plus on December 23rd. Check out this interview. It's very interesting. Welcome to a new episode of The Sunday Sauce. I'm here with Shona McDonald. She uh, is doing a documentary about A crazy story about a man named Gerald Cotton, who supposedly died when he uh, started a Bitcoin, I'm sorry, cryptocurrency uh, company, and apparently went died with $215 million of people's cryptocurrencies. Uh, It's a pretty crazy documentary. I watched it. She opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. I went down deep down a rabbit hole. And this is actually not uh, the first story. There's a couple of these other stories that people went missing with uh, cryptocurrencies. So, um, Shona, thanks for joining us. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Thanks, Michael. Yeah, I'm a Shona McDonald. I'm a Canadian filmmaker, creator of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just finished this film during COVID. Gerald Cotton's crazy story. It's called Dead uh, Man's Switch, a crypto Yes,
0: Dead Man's Switch. So... Um, this this crypt, this currency he made, Quadriga CX, right? That's so, you know, that's a Canadian thing, right? That's not mm-hmm. that's not an American thing. So people in America, they probably really never heard of it. They don't probably know what it is unless you're in the crypto world, right?
1: Yeah. And even you know what, even though it was Canada's biggest cryptocurrency exchange when Gerald allegedly died, Uh, It was small in the world. It wasn't even in the top 100 exchanges in the world. So it really was, even though $215 million in fiat and crypto went missing, uh, it wasn't huge on the radar. I mean, there's been other ones, as you said, Mt. Gox and a lot since. Not uncommon to have these cryptocurrency exchanges go belly up.
0: Right. So what made you make this documentary?
1: Well, I had some funding to do a project about cryptocurrency. It was like, find a good crypto story. And mm-hmm. I was challenged by that. I mean, because as you said at the beginning, like this is not a straightforward thing. It's a little no. bit dry and boring. It's very weird. And the- <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's weird. Uh, You know, and a few years ago, it wasn't as common as it is now.
0: I, I took some notes from the film, uh, from your documentary. I mean, they waited nine his fiance uh she waited nine days to say that he he died like mm-hmm. that. am i correct on that
1: yeah it was that's a, a little a,
0: strange right
1: well yes she didn't tell creditors that he he died uh he, and they were was taking
0: deposits for a couple more days later like after his death mm-hmm. which is even more it's very strange i can't believe it
1: Yeah, there's lots of strange things. And I mean, there's even more strange things than are in the film. But obviously, from a legal perspective, everything that we put in there had to be verified up, down and sideways. So there are other strange things along the way where you're like, really? But I mean, even that company was operating without bank accounts, like the company didn't have bank accounts, despite bringing in millions and millions and millions of dollars. So cryptocurrency is appealing to some people because it's unregulated. And the well, lack of regulation causes these problems
0: especially in today's times i mean i know right now in america the uh inflation is is a big issue i'm not i don't keep up on canada's uh economy i'm sure it's probably the same it's probably the same in canada so a lot of people are turning to cryptocurrencies because they think it's the the safer you know alternative to the dollar in america maybe the canadian dollar so a lot of people are putting their faith into um crypto but after watching this documentary yeah i don't know first of all i don't even know about cryptocurrency i just know i know like bitcoin and the general ones you know erythium or whatever it's called but ethereum. i don't know would ethereum yeah, yeah like i said i wouldn't even <laughs> want to put my money into this stuff because what happens if these people uh just like this this cotton gentleman just disappear or die and just and and you know he's the only one who can access all this money that's pretty sure i mean there is
1: there is more regulation now and you do i mean even then even then even though it was a younger uh phenomenon a few years ago you definitely heard if you did any investing not your keys not your crypto don't leave Mm -hmm. money on the exchange this is a high risk investment Mm -hmm. There is more regulation now. There are companies that have more transparency. There are companies that have insurance. But still, I don't know, you log on to your account and there's nothing in it. What do you do?
0: I, I mean, <laughs> or so, there's no account. So during this time, he was uh, be, he was being investigated, obviously, by the Ontario uh, Securities Commission. Right. And then after he died, after he died. He died. So. They want to, I heard they want to exhume his body to make sure, or people are asking to exhume his body to make sure that this was actually him that died. Yeah. This, so has this the
1: creditors, happened? well, no, no, no. So the creditors wanted that. The, people the creditors, lost, okay. Yeah. Okay. 115,000 people had money on the exchange or thereabouts. Um, so the creditors, people who lost, in some cases, significant amount of monies, as you know, there's a, a man in the film who lost his life savings, 400,000 or so. And there were others who lost more or less, but still significant amounts. Um, But Jerry uh, went to part of the reason the story is a little crazy is that he was 30 and he went to India on Mm -hmm. his honeymoon to open an orphanage and have his honeymoon. And uh, he died of a Crohn's related heart attack.
0: Did so, anybody know he had Crohn's disease? Was this yes. like a known? Oh, okay. So this was yeah. known. Okay. This just was yeah. like all of a sudden I have Crohn's disease and he just passed away.
1: No, no, Pete, they did know that. That is verified. And, okay, you know, that, that can, and it can happen. And, uh, but it's, uh, it adds some bizarre turns to the story. And allegedly he was the only one with access to all of those accounts and he was operating his company off his laptop. So, you know, there's lots of lots of so, things from a business the, perspective the, to be wary of.
0: This kind of echoes um, a Bernie Madoff-ish kind of thing uh, in America. You, you obviously know who mm-hmm. Bernie Madoff was, right? I mean, uh, he's dead now, and I'm sure people are happy about that. But uh, people actually got their money back. He was running a Ponzi scheme. I mean, not uh, something like this where he actually had physical cash and, you know, But this is something that is so crazy. And this is, I actually heard of another guy who, um, he didn't actually have people's money, but he had a lot of Bitcoin and a similar, he died in Costa Rica body surfing on a beach and just disappeared off the earth because he apparently had too much Bitcoin and people were searching for him.
1: Yeah, there's a really good um, podcast that I listened to called The Missing Crypto Queen about a woman who created a cryptocurrency. I think it was called OneCoin. One. I'd never heard of it prior. And uh, she disappeared too. Not allegedly dead, I don't think, but just disappeared. So interesting. yeah, taking people's money. And that was more of a pyramid scheme, if I recall, rather than a Ponzi scheme. But yeah, lots of different ways to take people's money.
0: Has anybody contacted you uh, like secretly and try to help you out? Like no one's like try to give you some, you know, any like shady people to be like, hey, I know some things about this Quadriga currency and anybody like because I know there's another documentary. I actually just read it before we started this interview. They're coming out with one on Netflix about um, Gerald Cotton. But uh, I don't know if. You even knew that was coming out. But I um, did know that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even read about it. But this is <laughs> the first time I even heard about this guy when I had the opportunity to interview you. So you totally opened my eyes to this whole um there's like a whole world of of like Bitcoin scammer uh crypto scammers. It's it's like the craziest, craziest thing. Sure, I can't believe yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean you gotta you gotta do your research because cryptocurrency isn't just one thing, right? There's like I don't know how many coins now, five thousand coins or tokens out there. So, you know, akin to penny stocks in some ways, but then there's a lot of big ones that are worth a lot of money. So it's uh, you want to educate yourself. You can't just kind of dig in, dive in.
0: After you doing this documentary talking to all these people, would you ever invest in any kind of cryptocurrency or do you have cryptocurrency right now?
1: Well, I had to. I mean, when I was tasked with finding the subject, I had to at least put some money somewhere. And Quadriga was the only place to do it. So I was a creditor. So I had a couple grand in there. And that's why I saw the notice right away. And was like, oh, this is why I have the money to make the film. I have to make this film. Um, And you know what, if you if you look at people who are doing investing, a lot of people now say you should have some component of your portfolio in crypto. Like it's not going away. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I might cautiously uh, invest and watch, but I do, there is a sense of like, put it in and it could all be gone, which I don't feel with other investments.
0: Well, so you do currently live in Canada right now? Yes. Okay. Um, Do do they have any kind of uh, strict regulations with cryptocurrency or anything like that?
1: There's more regulations than there were and you're supposed to file like I'm sure lots of people made lots of money and didn't declare it on their taxes in previous years. But there Mm -hmm. you do have to declare your income, capital gains, all of that stuff Mm -hmm. now on every transaction that you do. I mean, I don't know how up to speed they are on tracking that. I don't have that information, but there are more rules and regulations for sure.
0: As I know in America, the government is really, really trying hard to get into this crypto, but they, they're just not. It's just not happening right now. So um, there's really no regulations here. The guys are just doing, you can go on the cash app. You can go on PayPal. There's so many ways you can get all these kinds of cryptos. And, uh, you know, apparently that's that's the way of the future, they say. But I mm-hmm. still don't, I don't trust it. I like cash money in my hand. <laughs> And I actually <laughs> like the Canadian, the Canadian is, is it me? I don't know. You're a Canadian. Does the Canadian dollar like really like it smells like maple syrup or is that just like a mental thing?
1: Oh, it does. Yeah. They, they it does. Is it, am, yeah. am I?
0: Cause yeah, I've been in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in Montreal a bunch of times. I love Montreal. I, I you know, I play hockey. I play hockey up there. Yeah. So that's like my, Oh, it's my favorite place. And like every time I just, the Canadian money is just such a beautiful piece of like, I don't know. It's not paper, but it's just like a beautiful piece of currency. Like the American dollar is just so ugly. You go to Canada, and it's just like, wow. Why can't we pretty. have money like this? It's so pretty. Know. It really yeah. is. It really is. Yeah. It smells nice. It feels nice. So yeah. the you know,
1: Australians too. The Australians uh, have pretty money. As I've never well. seen
0: Australians, but but it's like um,
1: it's like the Canadians a bit.
0: Where Where in Canada do you currently live?
1: I live in Vancouver.
0: Oh, Vancouver! Wow, that's uh, yeah. pretty far from New York yeah
1: (laughs) it's a little bit far from New York yeah just a little
0: bit yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: I was Um, supposed to come to New York to shoot in April 2020 for this but oh for
0: this oh
1: yeah never made it
0: (laughs) so that's another question so during this documentary was it hard to make during COVID like or was it It was really hard, right?
1: Well, I'd done some shooting prior, okay. uh, so I started filming in 2019 in the spring of 2019. I did that interview with Nathan who's mm-hmm. been to India and started a couple of other interviews, sort mm-hmm. of while I was waiting for the final financing to come through, and then shot and sent those that footage in San Francisco in the February of 2020, and then had stuff scheduled Montreal, Toronto, New York, uh, April 2020, which of course didn't happen. Right. And so then we started to put it together because I had a post team lined up. So I said, let's see what we've got. And so we started to put it together. And then I was able to do some small shoots, but I didn't go. So I had someone follow up in L.A. with Taylor. I had someone shoot in Toronto that interview in the park with Alexander and Joe. And um, and I had someone, sh- I had a team shoot in India. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. So
0: bottom line, it wasn't easy. <laughs> I mean, like, it wasn't, like, easy. Just wasn't easy. No, it wasn't and all easy. Of the,
1: no, and all of the footage from India came in through Dropbox.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Like, all right, here we there, go.
0: I mean, there you have, folks. Shooting a, a documentary film in COVID times is uh, yeah. not, not simple.
1: No, no. Well, the, the,
0: the business is booming in New York. They're out again. They're filming all these, uh, yeah. all the films and the TV shows. They got the trucks out here. So, um, you know i guess maybe you have to come out here and start filming some things
1: that's it no panic about omicron down there it seems
0: uh not i mean it, it seems like it's just um a strain like a regular strain i think they made it a little bigger than it was apparently so it just seems like it's a regular covid strain we'll see know. north I'm of the not border not they're,
1: yeah yeah more, i don't know here, they're, so, they're calling for restrictions up here so yeah we'll yeah
0: that. um all right so dead man switch comes out december 23rd on discovery plus right yep streaming um, where can we find Shona? What she, what is going on next? What do you got planned next for us? The wow. documentary is great. I love it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, wow. I made it. I made another completely different short doc also in COVID. Uh, okay. called, called it's doing the festival circuit and it's out. I think you can watch it. It's on the NFB, which is the Canadian national film board, NFB.ca, but it's called into light completely different story. It's about a family who ha- um, with a daughter who transitions, She's transgender and comes out at three, four years old. Okay. So, yeah. So it's a Sounds lovely, beautiful little film. Okay. Uh, and then uh, right now I'm series producing border security. So we're going to send some teams down to the uh, the States, to the airports again. Wow. And um, yeah, just doing some writing. And I mean, my thing is good projects with good people. And mm-hmm. I tend to find that things up here, so we'll see what's next. I wrote a novel or this year just out of curiosity, and so I'm just sort of playing.
0: Very busy dipping yeah. into all kinds of things.
1: Yeah,
0: I like it, it's good, <laughs> it's great. And any, and where can we find you on social media?
1: Uh, Facebook, Shona McDonald. Uh, the website for the film is deadmansfilm.com, and then my company is Dime Store Productions, so dimestore.ca.
0: Amazing. That's right. Well, Shona, I thank you for your time.
1: Thank you. Good luck
0: with everything. It seems like you're doing just fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So far, so good. Yeah. (laughs) Nice talking to you.
0: You you as well. Thank you. Have a great day. Take care.
1: You too.